Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily. And I'm Joan Apart. And uh, I don't know if you saw it, but <laughs> so working class music got their hands on a gold foil jazz master for reference. Here's here's the one Fender sent me. And uh, I was going to send them this one, but they got access to a different one. And boy, howdy, did we have a different experiences Woo. on this guitar this is maybe one of there's this is maybe one of the worst quality like guitars i've ever seen come out of a factory and they had bad luck on the american vintage 2 series jazz master also and i think that fender needs to make it up to uh, no i i agree also and like again like with this one um seeing with the gold foil it was just like oh my god like you know, I hope, like, is there witchcraft involved? Why are they getting these horrible instruments? <laughs> I have, like, no clue, dude. And I, I feel for them. That really sucks. I do, but, too. Like, mine, the only problem I really had with the guitar build quality is I found the frets flat. I found the fretboard dry. Mike Adams would probably find some more things wrong with it. Um, he made some other comments about the fret wire when I sent him some pictures. But nothing that severely impacts playability. Obviously, flat frets do, in, in fact, affect yeah. playability of a guitar and feel. The only thing is, like, I just keep hitting this middle pickup when I play. I got to get used to things. But it was wired correctly. The pickups all sounded correct. The bridge is aligned correctly. Mm. <laughs> like, how... And how? So, let's talk about can you can you tell the people at home ev everything you remember being wrong and with their jazz master and i won't fault you for not remembering everything i mean as far as like what any jazz master that i've owned no the working class music one. Like, oh, the working class oh god yeah. yes 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 uh i think the fret the fret issue now has been like consistent and constant. Like oh, yeah. with it seems to be the tail, you know, uh, the mark of Fender now. <laughs> and uh, also, I mean, they've had issues with the pickups themselves. That theirs was the bridge pickup, and I swear to God, when watching that, the face immediately you could see on Tia's face that she strummed or she basically picked the strings, and her face just dropped like. It went from like, oh, this is a jazz master. I really want to like this to like, oh my God, where did the love go? Like where? Yeah, Jason. <laughs> like you can see it. Yeah. Real Jason, time. Jason messaged me and he's like, is the bridge output on yours really low? I'm like, no, it's kind of in line with the other ones. And I was talking like, well, maybe it's just like a wiring thing. Yeah. And it turns out the, the pickup is under magnetized, which is my understanding, like, there, there are lots of things that can affect how magnetized pickups are. Uh, blunt force trauma can demagnetize a pickup. Uh, pulling them out of the box wrong apparently can sometimes. But hmm. that that nobody like went through the different pickup positions like to just try and make sure it worked before they got it. And they're not saying where they got it. It wasn't Sweetwater. It wasn't. They didn't get theirs from Fender. Um, but <laughs> what a terrible guitar in that just like the one thing and you know a pickup is easy enough to swap out but a gold foil pickup they're not inexpensive like if you get one from a like curtis novak or lawler 
they're not cheap. They're actually a pretty no. hefty investment. To de- no, like, I want yeah. to swap mine out eventually. And then I look at the price. I'm like, eh, I'm going to need to save up a little bit before I do that. Yeah, I've looked at the Novak T-Birds, and of course, I'll blame Mike Adams for that. <laughs> and uh, I've looked, you know, this was, I don't know how much they are now. I'm sure they've gone up. I think they were like 220 a pickup. Like, when last time I looked, it was maybe like a year ago. I mean, I'm looking more into pickups this year, but still, I was like, yeah. Novak is pretty spendy. I mean, when you think about it, yeah, look it's, at it. It's definitely spendy, um, but for that, you're getting... Cool. Oh, you're getting, yeah, you're getting, that's what I said. I totally understand. Really, yeah. really kind of <laughs> understood as some of the best pickups yes. in, in the boutique p- pickups, specifically in the business. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, they're the only ones who are doing like the D'Armond style oh, um, yes. gold foil, which is what I, which is what I want because I have a D'Armond gold foil in a, a lap seal or it used to be a console seal. If you know the difference, you know the difference, but mm. someone broke off one of the legs. So, Ooh. It's okay. Now it's a laugh steal. Conversion. But um, yeah, on an old harmony thing that I have. Um, but that isn't even all that was wrong with the no. guitar. No, 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 no. Uh, it is something that I have nigh seen out in the wild, where the um actual like lever for the Bigsby like comes completely off, like it detached. Like yeah. I have never seen such a thing in the wild, and seeing this, like I am. Um, is still in disbelief and shock. Yeah, the they aren't using the higher quality big speeds. They're using, I guess, I think I think the B fifty is what they're using. Let me mm. look that up. Instead of the B five. Um, and those are just they're imports. They are still technically Bigsby's. Uh yeah, so they're using a B fifty, not the B five. So um maybe that had something to do with it, but like I have a few B fifties I have, like, obviously mine, the arm didn't just fall off. That's not normal. That's not supposed to happen. Well, I mean, also, nothing, things like, you know, the tremolo arm and the American Vintage 2s are supposed to actually fit their, (laughs) fit and actually, like, you know, to the guitar. And, yeah, this is another instance of, like, Mm. uh, it's just not good qc at all and yeah no. i mean just fender keeps getting kind of like hey uh you know at this point it's like oh you know gibson oh we know about you guys but fender hey what's going on <laughs> that's like the greatest question um i think that one could ask right now yeah i think we keep asking this question <laughs> and we mm. keep you know instead of basically they're improving in any way they're like no nah, keep it going keep it going oh yeah uh, the price yeah um that one yeah it's like falling apart left and right 1400 1400 1400 dollars 1400 dollars i just I, I i can't i can't comprehend that no there's squires that are like you know they were talking about in the video there's like squires that are 800 dollars of the 40th anniversary series and it's like a much better guitar than what they had yeah no and and that's that's the thing like squire killing it yeah the fender guitars <clears throat> ah man um bit of a crap shoot right now yeah. definitely try it before you buy it um i've heard from some other people who used to sell guitars in their shops that one of the reasons they stopped carrying fender was because they just kept having to do so much work on the ones that they got to sell shit and like if you're running a shop you're an in-person shop you're probably already competing with a lot of things 
and to then have to turn around time and resources and make guitars playable before you sell them. Yeah, that's not that's not cost effective at all. That's just literally taking money out of your pocket before you sell the damn thing. So that was a bummer. And that wasn't even everything. Um, Low and Lobster did a review of uh, the, the jazz bass. And his issue was that the bridge was misaligned. So the output on some of the strings was lower. And guess what? So was working class musics. Their bridge was misaligned on the guitar. So we have That's horrible. obviously a fret, flat frets, yeah. low output bridge. Bigsby arm fell off, which I actually forgot about until you mentioned that because there was yeah. so much happening. Oh, God. And then oh, it's, it's, mis- it's misaligned. Jason literally had to stop playing because he's like, I just yeah, I don't feel that- confident in playing it right now. And I get it. Yeah, that's that's what I was just to bring about too, where he was playing it and he kept trying to like play something that would redeem it somehow. And he's just like, No, I give up. I can't I can't make this sound good or sound better. I can't play this thing. It's it's just bad. Yeah. He does like the neck, so apparently he's gonna keep the neck. <laughs> Little point there. Oh man, Plus just one. Like, that's a pickups, dude. Like that is No, that was just that was just flipping on the swift for that pickup. Uh it, it was just turned out to be just a song of sadness <laughs> like just the look on her face it was just like uh. <laughs> it was so pitiful dude poor thing yeah i felt so bad like i uh like i felt that like i could yeah i i definitely felt that i wasn't even in the room and i could just feel that as soon as like just that strum and that the way the guitar sounded in that position it was just like oh that's so bad <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I am glad I didn't have any of those issues with mine. Um, I, <laughs> it just it sucks. Uh, it sucks to. I just want people to be able to have the same experiences, of course, with the same people and products. Like I want everyone to be able to have the same caliber. And when you're having such quality like control issues mm-hmm. to the point where like pickups are leaving the factory dead or dying. And the bridge is misaligned. Like, I just, I <laughs> try. This is a guitar you got, either got to try before you buy or make sure you're buying yeah. from someone who's going to accept returns if it's not good. And for their, for Fender will happily accept a return if you buy something of that quality on their website. They have a, a guarantee. Sweetwater has a guarantee and they check things out. Um, so, you know, just make sure you're buying from someone who can guarantee that they're going to check what they send you. And if they don't, if they miss something, you can pretty quickly be like, hey, give me a new one or give me my money back. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Uh, you know, companies like Sweetwater is pretty good about that. But mm-hmm. if that's not one you can go with, yeah, just talk to your local store, see if that's something's possible. You can return it if any issues. But yeah, it's yeah. something to be aware of. Sweetwater affiliate link in video slash podcast description. <laughs> it costs you zero extra dollars to use our affiliate links. And we get a little bit of a percentage back. It's not a high percentage, but it's enough to put a smile on my face and uh, help me buy light bulbs from my lights and uh, get Joe to Nam yes. and myself for that matter. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, that. You know, there have been a couple negative reviews, obviously, for that series. Yeah. Um, Working Class Music and Low and Lobster. <laughs> Low and Lobster team seem to take a little bit more joy mm-hmm. in, in tearing that guitar, just shredding it. Um, but both, you know, people responded really well to both of those videos. And um, 
people, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of an article I read on Uproxx. And the title of that is Ask Music Critic, Why Aren't There More Negative Album Reviews by Stephen Hayden? And this was triggered by uh, a question he got from, from a reader who, what is that uh, Italian metal band, it, M- M- Menskin? Or something like that. They were on SNL. They won Eurovision. Um, I pinged you the uh, the article if you want to check it out. But uh, he writes, like a lot of people this week, I read Pitchfork's... Ext- oh, actually, Phil from Los Angeles wrote to him. Like a lot of people this week, I read Pitchfork's extremely negative review of whatever this album is. I also read your review, which was also negative, though you were relatively kind compared to Pit- Pitchfork. I thought the review was funny and well-written, but it mostly made me think about how rare it is to read an extremely negative review this time. Maybe this particular band is just an easy target, though there are other albums I think also warrant that sort of treatment. What's going on here? Why aren't there more negative album reviews? Don't tell me that music is better than ever. And if you watch gear demos or read gear reviews, that last line should sound really familiar because... A lot of other demo artists, myself included, have, you know, basically said when people ask this, like, there just isn't really a ton of shitty gear coming out right now. And uh, when there is, it does tend to get relatively shredded pretty quickly. But um, Stephen Hayden, again, hat tip to him, he wrote um, an article kind of about why there aren't more negative reviews. And uh, he basically has three points. It's about access, it's about fan bases, it's about poptimism. And I think one he kind of misses Hmm. is that it's also a little bit about how poorly negative album reviews age sometimes. Yeah, I'm thinking about Liz Fair's pop record on Pitchfork specifically, which I think they gave zero stars, which is just cruel. And it's... It's a fun album. Is it is her self-titled album her best? No. Zero stars, though? Yeah, no. Yeah. So about access. Music publications don't run negative abu- reviews because PR people will blackball them and prevent, prevent the artists they work with, work for, from granting interviews in the future. This is petty. This is true. Yep. And this is relatively the case with gear demos i'm going to be honest i don't think that it is hugely a case i think you can give a negative review of something and then people will reach out and work with you again examples being mike adams mike adams continues to uh you know point out very you know honestly no no punches pulled uh when fender fucks up and they still (laughs) fucking buckle up uh (laughs) I love that. I do too. Um, that's what he said in his American Vintage 2 review. Rightfully so. <laughs> but they still work with him. And when I point out quality issues with Fender and other guitars, like I had a relatively positive review and experience with the American Vintage 2 Series Jazzmaster. I pointed out the issues with it, the flat frets um, and the whammy bar being two of the big ones. And then they turned around and sent me the gold foil Jazzmaster. And it has, was it perfect? No. Did I point out where it wasn't perfect? Yeah. I actually had a much longer rant about the frets 
in the unedited version. And then I watch them like, I'm talking about frets too much. People get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, the first paragraph or so, I think we got it. So when you think about a negative review, um, just for the sake of being negative, like the way Pitchfork is like edgy and to review an album in general, you don't need that special access. Like, especially now you can go on Spotify and you can shred something like just shred it to pieces. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you might not be able to have access in advance, but uh, you can still do that with a lot less of an investment than you can with a gear channel. Yeah. 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 And again, like when it comes to, there are some channels that, you know, I know of not to name names, but their whole content is just like telling you that everything is shit and like, you know, they hate this or they hate that. And it's just, they just become the grumpy channel <laughs> to me. Yeah. It's like, it becomes predictable. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. just hating everything is, and yeah, I mean, there are, gear demos in which yeah i mean if you're working with people and communication is key if there's issues obviously bring them up and that helps with qc or improvements hopefully you know um if there's things where the thing doesn't work properly and they accept either the pedal or things back that's the mark of a good you know obviously builder or company yeah. um but sometimes yeah sometimes that doesn't happen <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of demo artists, myself included, have um, gotten kill fees slash consultancy fees um, when we get a product in it, and it's just not very good. Like, I was uh, hired to demo an app, and I felt like there just wasn't enough documentation on it. I went through mm. everything the guy had, and um, I didn't think it sounded very good. It wasn't working very well. I sent him what I had, and he's like, please don't release this he's like can we have a call can i walk you through it and i said i'm not going to refilm this unless you actually invest in documentation because if there are specific steps that you need to undertake to make sure this sounds good and you're not telling people what they are yeah. i simply can't review your product and then we have demos where like um po the poly the uh digit uh mm -hmm. slash bebo i i showed that fucker crashing like <laughs> and loki the guy who runs it he watched my demo he made changes he improved the product and he sent me a new one like yeah. that yeah so i think that um if you if you are under the impression that there are no negative gear reviews i i think you're just mistaken i think if something is bad you're going to hear about it from a lot of people i think a lot of what people are thinking when they think there aren't negative gear reviews is when they just personally don't like a product and that's fine but I come from the perspective that if it's functioning the way it's supposed to, and I think someone can get sounds that they're going to like out of it, there, what's the what's the what's the benefit in me being negative about it, other no, than to get clicks? <laughs> yeah, like uh, clickbaity, edgy, like you know, thumbnail tagline kind of thing, like some people do. Like, oh, you know, that's it. You know, I finally had it, and I'm like, had what? <laughs> it's joan it's it. they've had it are you not listening it's whatever it is it's happening that that's a i think that's a 30 rock joke <laughs> oh god what is that oh my god i'll think about yeah, it's it gonna later. haunt you later it is it's I just I like apologize. Liz going I apologize. barrel it's all good it's all good um 
Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it is that some of these negative reviews that anyone who posits that something like a pedal that's not for them is just shitty. Hmm. I don't think that's helpful. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> we have a, we, our guest today. <laughs> yes, that is, that is Figaro. He is a uh, Mick Howley today. He's very Howley. He's upset because I have been editing for my demo like for the past week nonstop and not giving him attention. So he is telling me his displeasure today. So if you hear random meows, I apologize. Don't apologize for He's giving me lip. Yeah, he's we giving love me the lip. meows. Carrie's been giving me lip too. Uh, mm. I've told you about it, but uh, yep. she's just mad at me all night long the past couple mm. nights. Yes, we won't talk about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think that's, that's kind of the big thing is a lot of, to me, it, it, and this might kind of go into it's all about fan bases, which was the next point in this article where he says music publications don't run negative reviews because psych quote psychotic online fanatics oh, will make God. the lives of their writers miserable. Emails. Yes. Emails, comments. I, I feel like there are some kind of fanatical fan bases in in gear they're not as bad as music they're just not and all honestly i think it can kind of um be almost the opposite where some gear companies have haters to the point where they are like fine i've had this happen on my in my comment section somebody will just look up every demo by a company um and they will leave the same negative comment on it Jesus, about who hurt well, you apparently tc electronics is the answer to that most recent one Ooh. i actually i really burned a bridge there <laughs> i i don't care he um that is to say if you are in this space and the only time you ever talk to me or the first time you ever talk to me is to leave a scathing rant in my comments section about something that has nothing to do with me suck it no the the one the ones that i find interesting is when they give customer like uh reviews or like argue or like bitch about the the something about the panel it's like there is a email that you can contact the company and tell them this why are you in the comment section on someone's demo like are you afraid you're going to be left on read like it's just email the damn company People got to find someone to talk to and... Well, you're um, a face then. Yeah. Well, yeah, they can, so... Yeah, they can shout at clouds. <laughs> a lot of people don't have the same, like, community that we do, yeah. uh, like, group of friends. A lot of people are siloed in their hobbies. I know you and I both play Pokemon Go, and we play it with our partners. <laughs> yes. Um, I see people who are sad because they're like, I don't have any friends who play this game. And I think, mm-hmm. that's sad. Maybe you should make some friends who, who play this game. I don't know what to tell you, uh, but I, I, I sympathize. <laughs> um, and that's just, it's a, it's a, and that's just a free mobile game. This is not, this is guitar is something that a hobby that people invest often thousands of dollars into Ooh, over yeah. the course of their lifetime. They're going to have opinions. They're going to have spicy opinions and they're going to want to talk about it with somebody. Yeah. And again, I think that also when you talk about the gear community and music and things like that is you go into the whole thing of accessibility too. with gear, there is boutique. And then of course there is budget. I mean, there's different tiers of that. And sometimes I've noticed some people 
you know, as far as like boutique pedals, they complain that there aren't negative reviews um, because they want to, I guess, mm. be upset about the boutique pedals or if any kind of gear being favored over the ones that they can afford or feel guilty over the fact that they can't afford them. So it's that whole thing where you can't get this, you know, gear bad, you know, other gear bad. And I was like, no, as long as they sound good and they do similar functions, I mean, whatever you can afford, if it gets the job done, that's what works. That's what's good. Listen, as long as you're being financially responsible yeah. and, and stuff, like, I don't think you should really give a shit about how other people spend their money. No. period like if somebody if no it's shame. like a love if it's a loved one and they are going into debt over this hobby please yeah. please have an intervention <laughs> yeah. please please intervene and do something to help because like it's it's all about what you can really afford and you know what i i forgot to mention something when i started this list um hmm. this Steve- steven is talking about the theories so those three points those are the most common theories that people have about why um there aren't negative music reviews. So, so far we've talked about access and, and the potential fear of a public of a journalist not getting access next time. We've kind of, Eyeballing, yep. yeah, that's, that's again, we've talked about, that's not really a thing mm-hmm. in here. Fan bases. Listen, I don't think anyone's worried that if they shit on a JHS pedal, that someone is going to come at them. But like, I, I, I I've seen, I've done like a couple negative demos. The most negative demo I've ever done was the wish.com clone clone. People fucking came at me. This is true. They did. And you know what? I didn't care because I said in the demo, I will only find this. I will only think that this pedal is worth the $40 I paid for it. If I get more than $40 out of this demo. And I did. So thanks internet haters. (laughs) But like, obviously that's a formula that I just don't care to replicate with any regularity i'd rather focus on things i give a shit about i released that demo because i knew we'd get clicks um and i filmed it uh you did did the job (laughs) the third one is it's about poptimism music publications don't run negative reviews because writers have been brainwashed by an everything is good and relevant critical ideology i think that this is the one that we can maybe most compare to gear demoers the idea that everything is good Everything is as good as it's ever been. I don't think any. I don't think anyone doing gear demos has that perspective. I think we all have a huge appreciation for vintage gear and everything that came before it. Yeah. I do think it's hard to argue with the fact that we have a lot more resources now to create these incredible things that no one's ever thought about before. Yes. Um, so there's that. But there's a there's a turn. Stephen says. I have listed these theories in descending order of credibility. One is kind of true, but only for certain publications in far fewer instances than is assumed. This is true. A a reputable publicist will not blackball a publication or writer for being honest. And what what a good publicist tries to do is get that music in front of people who they think are going to be receptive to it in the first place. So that's the same with gear demos. I don't get every demo for like cattle and bread. Cattle and bread sends me the things they think I'm going to like. Old Blood does the same, but I think they kind of know I'm going to like everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> everything yes. that they put out because it's yes. true. Um, 
Uh, I got some DOD pedals based on what Tom Cram thought I might like. If you're doing this job, that job well, you're going to try to make perfect matches and give your music or your product its best chance of success. Representation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's why Fender sent me, sends me Jazzmasters and Telecasters because they know I like those two styles of guitar. So, um, or they just ask me what I want and I get to pick what I think I'll like, (laughs) which is even more fun. That's the best option. (laughs) Um, Number two, it's about fan bases is barely true, especially since these online fanatics will even protest positive reviews for not being positive enough. That's very true music. Oh my gosh. It, like, I would never want to get on the wrong side of the Taylor Swift fan base. Oh no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Taylor Swift and K pop fan bases in particular, Yo. very hardcore. Oof. Um, and number three isn't true at all about poptimism. Um, <laughs> this guy says, uh, particularly when it comes to butt rock bands who have been the lowest hanging fruit for music writers since Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> wow. It's a great, great line. So um, what this guy says is that the most logical explanation, the truest one, is the decline of the general interest music critic. If you're interested in reading this article and the rest of it, uh, I'll include a link in the description. But he says, you know, 30 years ago, music criticism was predominantly local business there were local alt weeklies and stuff um but like every and people would have like you you have your jazz critic you have your pop critic now now these critics because they're just people can't hire five critics for an alt weekly (laughs) they can't hire one um no yeah so so now whoever is doing the general the journalism uh is required to have a broad musical taste but human beings' taste can only be so eclectic. Blind spots are inevitable. The critic might enjoy mainstream rock, but have no feel for country. Mm. And this is, I think, could be pretty true. Could be true with gear, except we are still very, and I, I, I made this point earlier, what a good publicist is going to do or what a good um, uh, you know, AR, AR person is going to do is make those perfect matches so people can have people can have like a better idea of what a good overdrive should sound like and they don't have to know or understand how the shit a big sky works (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's like one of the things of i remember during that whole walrus uh the last one that came out um, which had the joystick and it was kind of yeah the melee and there was a lot of people that obviously love walrus or like shoegaze and they were at least in the comment section on some of the people that were given these pedals that play different style of music they were complaining over the fact that they were given pedals out to do demos to people who weren't understanding of the genre or the that these pedals kind of cater to for the most part so they felt misrepresented and then after that i guess they must have heard that and then we started to see a few more demo artists that do play to that then get some in their hands i mean i don't have a particularly you know history of liking walrus but i think that goes back to the point of fan bases being very vocal about something and then basically being hey like this doesn't this doesn't work 
Yeah, I mean, if you give someone who mostly plays blues rock like the the Cal and Bread soft focus, and they yeah. did like they they want because like, yeah. because brands do want to give like a wide swath. A lot of these demo artists, the bigger you are, the more likely you're going to get stuff outside of your niche, and it's mm. really hard to give a critical review of a product like that. If all you do is shoegaze and you get a pedal that's supposed to be great for shoegaze, that's this whole vibe. You're going to know really quickly if it's good shoegaze. If you're a music critic and you just listen to like country and that's all you do, you're going to pick up on the intricacies that make good country versus bad country. Like reggaeton is a great example for me personally. I don't know if I'm listening to good reggaeton or bad reggaeton. And it's, I don't have that depth of knowledge. It's another reason a lot of, I don't know if it's still this way, but it was last time I talked to someone who was a voting Grammy member about voting yeah. in the Grammys. Um, it was Mark Volman from the Turtles. He was a professor at Belmont. And he said that he gets to vote in like three to five categories and he gets to pick the ones that he feels most informed on. So, so he can, actually be like oh i'm not gonna just vote for that one because i've heard it he's like i'm gonna vote for that one because it actually is the best and i can say this because i'm an expert in this particular genre of music yes yes Figs. <laughs> yes we agree um one of the things that um in talking about the whole thing of people who don't represent typically getting either effects pedals or gear that aren't specific either the country or they're more to other areas of music sometime taking those type of pedals and you're playing that to different music gives new ways of expression and finding ways to use that kind of effect in that and that can give something a freshness or a new outlook on that and touching upon uh reggaeton uh when i think of the last album uh from ghost uh the song in the 20s that is a reggaeton beat and it's being used in something that's typically not the musical you know environment you would use that beat to and it took me a little bit to like be okay with it but i was like wow this is like something i've never heard in this space but in a sense it really works for the song yeah yeah totally um so i really liked this article again I'll, i will i will link to it um he talks about how like everybody has blind spots. Um, mm -hmm. Like some of the most prolific music journals of all time. Uh, one of them had a, a blind spot to metal and hard rock, like not liking back in black, not liking master <laughs> puppets and not liking guns and roses. And that is another thing like that. I think you don't see very much in gear demos because the idea of gear is to inspire, to create, and it doesn't yeah. really behoove anybody to shit on something just because it's not for you. Damn, yeah. Um, I mean, imagine, imagine an actual like music critic who's very well regarded thinks Back in Black sucks. I think that pretty categorically, it's good. Like, and it's very popular. And it has inspired a lot of people. It's very historically significant, if nothing else. And you cannot like flangers and appreciate that they have a place in music. And does it really, is it is it helpful for anybody to have just a scathing review? I'm thinking Pitchfork's review of that Jet record, where the whole review is just a video of a monkey pissing in his own mouth. Oh, God. 
famously crazy, like, why kind of demo, I mean, review. And, like, we, we look back at, like, Pitchfork, I think, I think may have retracted that terrible Liz Fair review because it didn't age well. It didn't behoove anybody. And it was an easy target at the time. Just like, like, literally he says, this, 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 Stephen, um, Hayden? Yes. Yeah, Stephen Hayden says, butt rock is an easy target because it's not inventive music. Like, I'm, I'm actually giving my own opinion on butt rock. It's not particularly inventive. It's often not particularly interesting. It can be really fun to see live. You're into it. But I, it's not for me. (laughs) And I, it's, it's for somebody, sure, but, it's not for people who read music reviews either. I don't think it's for people who are very critical of music and that's fine. Like, I don't think that Amazon basics guitar pedals are for in any, a lot of those affordable pedals. I don't think that they're particularly, particularly for people who are critical about guitar pedals. They're for like, like main, like, like butt rock bands are great. If you want to like have some danceable kind of party fun rock, Amazon Basics pedals are great if you need a reverb and you don't really care much about like other than it sounds like acceptable and fine. Yeah, I mean, it could be the first time you're ever trying an effect. You're a beginner with trying pedals and you're like, well, this is cheap enough for me to have a taste and see whether it's something I need or like. And it's a cheap enough kind of like entry point that I can see for myself what what I like it or don't. Yeah, and that's that's why I think the, the beauty in those kinds of pedals is. Um, I I just don't. And if you can make them sound really great, that's awesome. Um, I'm I'm not. I just want to. That's why I'm not shitting no, on affordable no. pedals. No. But I think that's kind of a good approximate example. I'm yeah, trying to think. I of, mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of I other mean, I have, reviews, but go no. ahead. I mean, no, I mean, as far as like a, a more like slow engine, I have. I mean, that's a pretty at the time like cheap pedal and did one trick thing. But I mean, it was something that I was unsure of whether I wanted, and it was kind of an entry kind of le- kind of price. And I was like, okay, we'll try it out. And yeah, maybe it's a little noisy, but it does the job that it does really well. So like, I can't. I can't grab with it. I'm not, I don't think it's a bad pedal at all, but I mean, yeah. pe- a lot of people will think that because of a price point sometimes that, Oh, it must be shit. And like, no, sometimes if it does a job really well and it doesn't really cost that much to make the internals or to produce it, like that's, that's the price point for It's not reflective. It's like the mass effects, tiny fuzz. It's yeah. like, 80, Oh, I love that what, one. I, it was 80 bucks when I demoed it. It rips. It's a great yeah. affordable pedal. They are out there and they're just so exciting when you find the ones they are mm-hmm. actually really, really good. Um, so that's, that's just one. That's an example of yeah. um, a good one. I can't think of a lot of really negative pedal reviews. Um, I know that there are some pedals that are just famously understood as terrible, like the Eric Clapton signature pedal, pretty famously considered one of the worst pedals ever a lot of people don't like DS1s or DS2s. And then, you know, that's all Kurt Cobain played through pretty much that. And like, I think a rat. So <laughs> it's, I just, I do think that music is so subjective and that. Yeah. Same thing with gear. 
yeah, and you and you were able to get more nuanced reviews back when people could just be like, "This is my thing, this is my thing, that's my thing, and I'm going to stick with it so that I can, you know, develop the vocabulary, the understanding, the nuances of any of of my genre of my thing." It's it's kind of like how I personally can't always tell when a piece of art is AI art. Going back to that episode from a few weeks ago, mm, yes. listen, I know that I know a couple things. I know the eyes don't always look in the same direction. The ears can be completely different shapes. Hands, what are they? A lot of times they're either blurred <laughs> or they look horrifying. But there's like eight on one yeah. hand, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but I follow the. A graphic designer um she makes a lot of posters nicole rifkin on twitter and she or somebody posted a picture of a a poster and she's like this is ai art and i have no idea how she could tell um but but she is so in that space i believe her i mean i can there there's some copy i can read and be like oh I'm that that's that's ai generated like there are weird things. It feels very like stiff a lot of times. Um, I'm like, this is either AI or just a poor content mill type of writing assignment. And uh, I'm sure you can tell a little better yeah. as a designer. I, yeah. For me as a designer, um, I can tell pretty quick uh, that it's AI generated. It's something about when it comes to people's skin, there's an unnatural like, porcelain kind of sheen to like it looks a bit too shiny at times there's no pores sometimes like yeah I can tell when it's AI in scrolling through oh this is amazing like immediately I know it's AI just because of like the way that it's too perfect mm -hmm, totally um so that that's just something to keep in mind when you're thinking about like what makes a lot of negative demos like there are people who just go in on one genre or one style, but no one really can survive just 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 following one type of effect. You get great, and that's why you get great great critical demos from Mike Adams because yeah. he has been in and out of every offset on the fucking planet, and <laughs> he, he so he knows exactly when something's wrong when like those these are the wrong size block inlays the this. Uh, this this fret is just a little bit flat like this is not correct for that period and like a lot of stuff like that that someone like Jason and Tia they reviewed like literally the same guitar literally the same physical unit and their review wasn't exactly glowing either but they just you know they've worked at Guitar Center but they like repairing guitars repairing offsets a lot you're going to have a much much more depth of knowledge because if you are like working at a big box retailer you do still have to be that jack of all trades you yeah. have to understand like telecasters versus les pauls versus strats versus prs's um mark holcomb signature se or whatever like you have to know a lot but it's you don't it's a it's a wider swath swath is that the right word <laughs> umbrella let's call it an umbrella let's call there it an we umbrella go. it works <laughs> yeah i mean as far as like and again when i go back when i say 
perfection when it comes to AI. I don't mean that they're perfect. It's just the fact that people and things have flaws. Like there's not a perfect symmetry, like you could tell. Um, but in regards to like effects, I mean, even for me, when it comes to demos, I don't do things that I hate because I spend so much time and work on it. I would not work that hard on something I hate. So I'm, again, as much as it's a kind of a gear demo, it's kind of hard to like categorize what I do because it's it's pretty much kind of more an entertainment uh, segment, to be honest. Um, but yeah, when I think about uh, effects, I like modulation mostly. Like that's mm. mostly what a lot of things that I do are going to be geared towards. Um, but even still, I go into discords. I talk to people in pedal groups. I talk about different effects. I even ask builders about circuits inside just because I want to be more knowledgeable, to be able to explain, to understand how effects are, even if they're not something that I use. Typically, I still want to know enough about them that I can have conversations with people and speak, obviously, the language in that community. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing is, is that growing knowledge is mm -hmm. also going to just give you the opportunity to eventually be more critical. But again, yeah. like you and I, like, this is our hobby. Like this Pretty is, much. <laughs> this is part of my livelihood for, for sure. It's a, it's, it's a part of my revenue and the money I make that pays for my mortgage. And I am in like the MI industry as my day job, or at least the pro audio industry. And, uh, you know, it is part of something I'm, I'm around a lot, um, on the marketing side, but yeah, I just don't think that it's, it makes a ton of sense for any gear channel to get to the point where, well, anyone's doing this as a hobbyist to yeah. spend time on something that's not going to be good as as a and as a music journal journalist like you get paid if you don't like the video i mean yeah. if you don't like the if you don't like the album and but the difference is it's usually the brands that are paying us also and that's not going to keep someone from being negative about something if it yeah. deserves it but it does change the type of relationship you have a little bit where I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you're talking yeah, about a little like, bit of friction sometimes. Yeah, there can be, be but it's not, mm -hmm. it's like, again, if it's a good builder or a good company, they're going to be understanding if there are things you don't like about something and they're going to be understanding if you send it back. And cause I, it's like, I, I can't do one of these every day anymore. Like I, I was going to a good clip for a while. I'm really just trying to get a better quality of, of life. Course. A balance. balance yeah. Kind of thing. You and as a result, I've slowed down. And as a result, like Tom Cram sent me four DOD pedals. He says, just pick the one you like the best. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's fair. Um, and I am absolutely going to do that. Um, That's what you should do. I mean, again, yeah. I think it's, it, again, this is, for me, it's a passion project. Again, this is kind of like, yeah, for the both of us, more of like a hobby that we do and we're passionate and we love doing. And we still, aside from our work, have a life. Like I have aging family. I have construction in my house. Like I have other things that, um, I have to attend to besides the work that I do. Like some of my available time is to other things that I need to do besides working on demos. And I think the last two have taken longer because my life has intervened in many ways. And yeah, these are things we do on like our free time. It's not like, 
yeah, it's not where like we're clocking in to do this. So um, I think it is very important to take time for yourself. I mean, get the work done, but I mean, take breaks, like going yeah. breakneck speed one after the other, you're just going to burn yourself out. And it's not good, obviously, health wise, you'll start to obviously hate what you used to love. And you don't want to suck the joy out of something that really does give some kind of enrichment to your life creatively. I, you have yeah. to pace yourself and you have to be kind to yourself because there's going to be days where you just pick up the guitar or pick up a paintbrush and you are just not going to be productive. Nothing's going to come out and you're going to be upset, but it's okay. Like you can have a day in which things don't work out. It, sometimes it can be a week. Um, it, it'll yeah. come back. Be patient. Even... Even professional marathoners will yeah. sometimes they'll go on a run and they'll just be like, I can't do it today. Yeah. And that's, that's it's a big fine. thing. And I think, no, and I like, I liked your point about like that you like modulation. So that's what you choose to focus on. Like I know Ansel Lukowski doesn't, doesn't do dirt demos. It's not what lights her fire. And I, I like doing, I like doing them. I, I think that I am <laughs> in a uh, decreasing group of people who just really likes doing uh, demoing <laughs> dirt pedals. I just think it's, I, you know, everybody is picky about their overdrives and distortions. Of course. And I, yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. it. But um, yeah, I, I really liked this article. Again, that was uh, Up Rocks and that was Stephen Hayden. Uh, so hot tip to the cultural critic. Um, I just think it's, you know, if you want negative takes on stuff, you can go to Reddit. <laughs> yes. You can go to the gear page. Every, like yeah. there are lots of people with, with really negative opinions and that's fine. And I think a part of it is also like the, what is the culture that you want to cultivate within this community? Do you want it to be like a safe community where people can like what they like? And, you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And that's cool. Um, but it's definitely for somebody else. Or do you want it to be the kind of place that's really gatekeepy and people are, they don't hesitate to just go negative for the sake of going negative. Yeah. There are plenty of people that are very negative. There's this world can be a very upsetting and uh, downer of a place. Um, I don't, I'm not super interested in like being a part of that. Uh, I'm no, just super interested in, I'm super interested in being honest and transparent and uh people aren't going to believe me regardless and then again when i do say something yep. negative about a pedal that i just didn't like i just didn't like the wish.com clone um the sound it, of it it's, people, it's okay i mean people i people tend to I, people tend to ignore the, the part of that demo where i'm like the foot switch barely works it was like oh. it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't aligned right so it was really difficult to press the foot switch people glossed over that part plenty and just <laughs> yelled at me in the it, comments for not liking their favorite forty dollar pedal. It's it it's okay. I mean, I have a wish pedal. I love it. You know, I had a positive experience it, but that is my experience. I'm not gonna come in your comments and go, "This is what are you talking about? You should love this. What are you doing?" Like, I don't need to defend the pedal or the brand. <laughs> if someone doesn't like something, they're free to like not like it. I mean, that's you know, the power of choice. And I know at least when it comes to gear communities, 
um, in the negative spaces and the positive space. That's one of the reasons why for me, I always say be the good you wish to see in the world and be excellent to each other. Because I mean, I've had times where I've posted like in, uh, let's say pedal boards of doom and someone's posting their pedal board and they lay their guitar down next to it. And it's a, mar a mariposa. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I, you know, I love the design of that guitar. So me and him are going back and forth about obviously what we love about this guitar. And then just a random comment is saying, Oh, there there's there's no tone knob it's just two volumes eh you know i'm like okay that's your opinion okay fine, like were like, you well. were you unhappy we were having a happy conversation about a guitar and you just wanted to come in and just be negative like what yes. is the point like what is the point of that like there are also i I have noticed people, there are people in this world in general, they think their negative opinion is the correct one. They don't think their opinion is an opinion. They think their opinion is a fact. And mm. uh, I'll be, it's mostly men, but it is a thing. And I, I've noticed this. I've, I've, we've talked about this before. Yeah, on the past, yeah. But it's, I'll say, hey, it's okay for you to think that. Uh, it's fine by me that you think that. And they will say, it's not that I think that, it's not that the truth is the truth. And it happens a lot. And it happens in really, really weird, stupid things. I'm like, if you don't like the way a hot cake or whatever sounds, that's fine. That doesn't make it shitty. If you don't think that a certain weird type of modulation effect is usable, well, that's fine. But that doesn't yeah. make your opinion, that doesn't make your opinion fact, because there are so few things in this world that are facts. A fact is that the guitar that Tia and Jason and working class music got had a bad pickup, yeah. bad frets, a bad Bigsby, and a bad bridge alignment. Those are four facts. Fast. The opinion Fast. is that Jason, Jason really liked the neck. Tia didn't like the neck. They had a difference of opinion there. Of course. Neither of those is fact, except for that they had the opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that people, the meanest people in the comments pretend isn't true they can pretend all they want we know we yeah. know how true no, of it course is. Yeah. yeah and I, usually i just follow that up with like the lebowski of like well yeah that's just like your opinion dude Man. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. whatever <laughs> i appreciate the bill and ted reference as well yes <laughs> excellent to each other mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I think we should probably wrap it up. Please yeah. like, comment, subscribe. Check us out at patreon.com slash get offset. Um, big ups to our new Patreon subscriber. I'm about to look up your name. Yay. Welcome, uh, welcome. I'm not logged in on Patreon, so it's going to take me a oh, second. No. <laughs> I'll look at my phone. Why did I get logged off of everything, man? Why does this do, keep happening do, to me? What is that from? Do I know it was from? Is that the Wii music? No. Okay, it sounds a little bit like. Oh, we can do that. Do 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 do. Do 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 for joining our Patreon. So hey, Rachel, happy welcome. to have Thank you. You. Uh, you too can 
join our Patreon at patreon.com slash getoffset. $5 a month or more gets you access to our exclusive Discord server, which is nice and active, but not overwhelmingly so, which yes. makes it my favorite kind of Discord server. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I feel like most of them are so, like either uh, chaotic or yes. death. <laughs> Yeah, even like in my my personal channel Discord, I love the fact that I, I just have a handful of people that I talk to every week, and I just love that kind of consistency and getting to know people um, and connecting with them in the ways that we do, talking about gear, talking about life and sharing, even food. Like It's just a great little community that you kind of just get connected with. And um, even with the uh, Get Offset Discord, I mean, through many years, I mean... A lot of the people that I've connected with there have become like friends that I talk to almost on a daily basis through memes yeah. and many other ways. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, love that channel. Check out Joe's channel. I know you're working on that Alexander yes. Marshmallow demo. Really stoked to see it. Uh, yes, it'll um, be done at some point before Nam. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be exciting um yeah what else uh merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop thank you to the one person who bought the shirt with my face on it i lowered the price to 27 dollars just for oh, you for fuzz sake <laughs> yeah just the emily dumb face shirt that's and so great <laughs> i will send you a mental high five if you do buy one because yeah <laughs> cool um that's all I've got. I'm pretty exhausted and sleep deprived. Same. <laughs> yes. Uh, everybody out there, thanks for watching slash listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, I'm your favorite demo shill. My name is Emily. <laughs> and I am Joan of Heart. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> all right. Bye. <laughs> Bye.